Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount+. Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day. In the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome in to the Ots and Audibles podcast, Sunday evening edition of Rarity on these parts. I'm Matt Prame, Eric Scope with Jared Mack. On the show, uh, we are just coming off a press conference with Dan Lanning, to which was originally scheduled to preview the Holiday Bowl, and we will have a full preview of that at a later time. But there were, no offense to the Holiday Bowl, more important questions that needed to be asked um, since we've last spoken to Dan Lanning. Uh, we have updates on Bo Nix. We have updates on DJ Johnson, uh, what happened after the Oregon State game. We have updates on the offense coordinator search. We have updates on Kenny Dillingham coaching in the bowl game possible. Uh, we also have opt-outs. We have transfer portal stock. There's a lot to get to. Uh, it's almost kind of a choose-your-own-adventure podcast here. Um, so I'm going to start with maybe the order of business uh, of how they were asked. So that starts with DJ Johnson. Um, Dan Lanning did not really want to say it for him, but also made it kind of clear that DJ is not playing in the holiday bowl. Said that he's going to be um, preparing for that senior bowl that he has accepted an invite to in Mobile, Alabama, preparing for the NFL draft. Um, He also touched on Christian Gonzalez opting out. And I think it was you, Eric, who asked the question that this is going to be an opportunity for some other guys to maybe make their first start of the season, see more playing time uh, in this holiday bowl matchup against North Carolina. Yeah, no, first off for the DJ thing, I don't know how much we want to get into the weeds with that, but he did also give like kind of somewhat of an explanation of what transpired there. And again, it's so brief and it's like, it's all based upon this small video. So I don't even know if I want to get too much, probably want to get too much into it, but he did say a pretty extreme thing was said to DJ that led to whatever happened that was on that video. Um, And I don't want to say, you know, he was pretty clear. He didn't want to, diminish what took place there and didn't want to give any kind of opt out for DJ for what took place. And like, you know, DJ needs to own what took place there, but did kind of offer some information around that part, which I think has still been kind of a question mark for the fans. Um, uh, you know, and, and then mentioned as, as Matt said, yeah, that, that he won't, it doesn't sound like he'd be playing in the game. He did leave the door open. And I also asked like, is there anyone else that you expect to opt out of this game? The answer was no, and that followed a question that was, what's Bo Nix's status? In which case, I think this is maybe one of the bigger parts of this whole deal. Um, Dan's response about whether Bo would play play in the bowl game was, Bo is a competitor. He wants to get out there and play in this bowl game for sure. Kind of short and sweet answer. 
from Dan Lanning on that topic. And I, this is obviously significant for several reasons. We could do probably 30 minutes reacting to this entire exchange if we wanted to or chose to. Um, certainly, uh, it sounds like Bo Nix is playing in this game. And it's, I don't know, I just saw Jeff Schwartz tweet, and I probably agree with it, where he said, you know, this opens up the door. The, the more probable outcome of the two possibilities here is that this indicates that Bo will be back next year. Um, I think that's say, what's happening. Can't say it for sure. We've been kind of, we started hearing some positive chatter, what, about a week ago? Yep. Uh, it sort of, this indicates that. I mean, he, he could obviously just be doing one final hurrah, doesn't want to leave the team kind of in a bind, but not exactly commonplace in today's college football. And maybe Bo's just a different guy who wants to do things a different way. But I, I certainly kind of come away agreeing with Matt. And then I saw with Jeff Schwartz's tweet, um, kind of analyzing the information of kind of like, okay, you got a, a, a senior quarterback who does have one year of eligibility available to him who also has a draft, you know, some sort of a draft expectation at some sort of expectation at some point he will have an NFL career. Probably unlikely that that player plays in a bowl game, risks injury, delays the process of getting ready for said NFL draft. Um, especially, and not to diminish the Holiday Bowl, but it's the Holiday Bowl. If there was ever an excuse to not play in a bowl game, it would be this one. And I, I think it's pretty telling that, at least from what Dan is saying, that Bo is not going to opt out of this game. Noah Sewell doesn't it sound like, based upon what Dan said, will will not opt out of this game. Same thing with Brandon Dorless. Um, you know, he did kind of leave the door open for for those two players in particular. Well, we, he wasn't singled out, but but for for other players, he did say. Things can change, and, and we'll be ready whenever we step on the field. We'll have, uh, we'll make sure we have eleven out there, ready to compete. So you know, th there of course are contingency plans, but I, I thought to me one of the more positive kind of outcomes of this press conference was, you know, the realization that Christian Gonzalez, who announced earlier on Sunday he would be opting out of the bowl game to prepare for the twenty-three draft, and then DJ Johnson, who who, who landing kind of indicated won't be playing in this bowl game most likely that those are the only two players who are opting out of this game. Obviously, could be other players who transfer, but I, I think there's been a lot of doom and gloom on the message boards. We've certainly seen people ask, like, who's the quarterback? A lot of people didn't think Bo would play in this game. People asking, is Bucky Irving going to just wildcat for the entire four quarters? <laughs> um, but I, I, I think it's, a, it's certainly a positive in the short term. But, you know, I think, you know, not to read too much out of it, but we clearly are, I think this speaks to the probability of, Bo Nix returning for 23 certainly seems more likely today than it did even a couple of hours ago. I think that's where we're going. Yeah, I mean, the players have opted out of much higher bowl games for their NFL draft stock because that's the most important thing to them, and then rightfully so. That's their professional career. Um, but I think out of this press conference, Bo Nix returning for the bowl game is probably the most important news uh, just because that – you know, puts a sense of ease into the Duck community, the fans, because like Eric was mentioning, the radical idea of having Bucky Irving be the Wildcat running back or handing the keys off to former four-star quarterback Ty Thompson for an entire game just sent chills down Oregon fans' spines. So I think this is a, a really good development for Oregon. Um, I think Dan was, you know, Dan kept it pretty brief because I think that's all the, all the, all he really needed to do was to keep it brief. Um Maybe Nix comes out and just announces it on his own at this point, but probably not. It doesn't seem like he's that type of guy to go out and put out a big old notes app thing of, of announcing that he's staying for this bowl game and moving on. Yes, Eric. Well, I was just going to say he didn't fully do that, but he kind of did that. Like, the, uh, yeah, he just, 
just kind of had a post and then the Oregon football account had a post about, are you guys yeah. ready to watch Bo Nix again? And so again, not, that's all Dan needed to say. It was like, yeah, he, he's going to play. Like there's a game on the schedule. It's December 28th. He's going to play. Cause that's game the type time. of player that he is. Yeah. Um, but other than uh, DJ Johnson and, and Christian Gonzalez opting out for, for obvious reasons, um, there's still plenty of time for other guys to opt out. I'd be a little surprised if they were the only guys to opt out, obviously, other than people who enter the transfer portal or uh, well, starting tomorrow, definitely enter the transfer portal, no longer intending to enter the transfer portal. I just think there's enough time for somebody to go. I don't know who it would be, but um, that is a really positive sign to begin with because there are plenty of options. Eric went through them who could uh, enter the transfer portal, who would have a significant impact on, potentially how Oregon plays on both sides of the ball. Um, still all the offensive linemen haven't – or Alex Forsyth mentioned that he would be playing in this bowl game on Instagram, I believe. Still waiting on a couple of words from them. But, again, I would expect with with Dan staying in charge, and I guess this could lead us into a potential offensive can, uh, coordinator candidacy or a search. Um, I think with what they have on staff right now, I'd be surprised if, if any of those offensive linemen or any other um, potential opt-outs on the offense do opt-out and don't stick around with the team for the Holiday Bowl. Um, let's let's save the OC search post-break. So we're coordinating this podcast. It's mapping out as we're recording, mm-hmm. as we always do. Um, I think we now we, we have a better idea of – also who's available to play in this game um, from just a pure roster standpoint, because Dan doesn't anticipate any more, any more um, opt outs. So that would be like a, a Brandon Dorless or maybe a Noah Sewell. He said things could change. Um, we're getting an idea too, of who's leaving the program. There's been a wide number of guys that have announced their, their intentions ahead of tomorrow's opening of the portal. There will be more that happen when we're recording this podcast Sunday evening at 6.49 p.m. Pacific time and probably 8 a.m., 9 a.m. tomorrow morning, there will probably be another one that hits. But um, there's been a list of guys. Well, off the top of my head, so far today alone, um, Jackson LaDuke is gone. There's nine nine total players. Yeah. Jackson LaDuke is gone. Brandon Buckner is gone. Terrell Tillman uh, is gone. Um, Braden Swinson is gone. He didn't go today. Uh, I'm missing him. I'm missing him. There's so many I'm missing. All right. Come on. Lachlan Bruce. You have it in front of your head. No, Lachlan Bruce. Who? Oh, yes. Lachlan Bruce, the punter, the walk-on punter. Uh, He is gone. Um, We also have Dante Thornton, Seven McGee, Jay Butterfield, Byron Cardwell, one but more. I think none of Bram what? Walden. There we go. Yeah, Bram Walden. That's another one. There's that, that, that's, that's how many there have been. And that's look, what it is. That, that's the end of the list. And there'll be more. And that's this isn't just an Oregon thing. So if you're an Oregon fan and you're listening to this podcast or you're watching it on YouTube, hit that like button. But this isn't an Oregon thing. This isn't everything. This isn't every school thing. Everyone's gonna deal with it. There's gonna be more at Oregon. But I think the biggest thing right now, I mean, as we're recording this podcast, a starting offensive lineman for Alabama has entered the portal. As of now, no one on this team that is a starter or is really a key contributor beyond Dante Thornton, who really wasn't a key contributor until Chase Cota got hurt 
in late October or maybe early November. Um, none of their big guys have left yet. That doesn't mean it can't happen. It certainly could. I, you know, between now and tomorrow or on Tuesday. But so far, none of the none of the transfer outs of the program have really been earth shattering. I think that's a really good sign. Yeah, I thought you asked, I believe, the question to Dan about just the portal and yeah. kind of how crazy it's going to get. I thought it was interesting. He had like kind of like an existential moment there where he was he was kind of looked back and went, ah, you know, years ago when we decided to do this, is this really what we all wanted? I mean, I, I think and, and I just thought that was interesting that he would kind of go in part because he's been a head coach for like nine months and he wasn't obviously a, a part of his decision making. But also because I, I, I think even a school like Oregon, which we anticipate will benefit from it more than some other schools, and certainly, as Matt said, the, the nine players who've chosen to leave the program to this point, uh, very few would have had much of an impact on extra's roster. A, a, a lot of the players like almost barely played at all over the course of the final six weeks of the season. Like gen Genuinely, like Vic Thornton, is Thornton the only guy who played more than 25 snaps over the last half of the season that's transferred that, that's entered the portal? I think he probably is. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, if, and if, it, if it's if you know if Braden Swinson played more than 25, it's barely. If Jackson, Jackson LeDuc played, I think I know Jackson LeDuc played 24 snaps um, after the first three games, so I know he didn't. So I mean, as Matt said, we ha Oregon hasn't lost a lot of key players, but. I think it's interesting a coach like Landing is kind of wrestling with it because he knows where this is headed, which is it's going to be insanity in, in less than 24 hours, in about 12 hours probably. It's going to be crazy on starting on the East Coast early morning. It's going to be crazy all day tomorrow. It's going to be crazy throughout the 45-day window, which ends in the middle of January. So um, uh, as, Matt, as we've kind of established, so far it hasn't hit Oregon in a negative way to, from my perspective really at all. Um, there are going to be a, there's going to be a player or two that opts out that surprises and it's going to be disappointing and that's just the way this goes and kind of as, as Dan sort of sat there and kind of I think thought about in the moment and talked through it of I think the portal is going to provide a lot of positive things for individuals who aren't getting opportunity to, to find more opportunity but the grand scheme of the way it changes the sport I don't know We'll see how we feel. It's going to be, from a content perspective, great for DuckTerritory.com. For an Oregon perspective, I think it's going to end up being more more, more positive than negative. It certainly was a year ago. I think if you wanted to break down the additions Oregon made through the portal versus the players they lost entering this, this season, I think, I think it's a net positive without question. And I expect the same thing to be – I expect us to be saying something very similar early December next year of Oregon ended up losing – probably several more players than they did last year when the number was, I think, about 13 or 14. I think they're going to lose close to 20 um, you know, over the course of the entirety of the portal window. But I think you're going to look back and, and they'll end up adding some really key players. It just hasn't happened yet. So that's, that's where we ask Oregon fans to be patient and understanding of what this process is. Of It's not going to be fun to start with because a lot of names that you maybe liked are no longer on the team. But when this process comes to its you know, natural conclusion and the rosters are, are solidified when you get into, you know, I guess fall camp in August, I think you'll look up and feel pretty good about how this all played out for Oregon. Yeah. It's, it's similar to the actual recruiting with, with high school players where it's the long run. It's a, you gotta be patient with it. There's going to be guys who flip and flop in a very similar fashion or a guy like Dante Thornton, who 
heading into the season seemed like he could be, um, you know, a really big contributing member of this offense. And then their transfer portal addition and Chase Cota, who was thought more of like, hey, that's great depth. That's a great guy with experience in a locker room and a specifically a wide receiver room that needs it turns into one of the best wide receivers on the team. Um, to both Eric and Matt's point, there's going to be a lot of guys. I think there was 14 who entered the transfer portal last year from Oregon, which was down from the national average of 16. I remember doing that article at one point. Um, I don't know what the national average is going to be this year. Um, there's going to be even more movement now. Um, I know we didn't touch on this in Dan Lanning's interview or anything like that, but you, know, you get a guy like, like Deion Sanders who just accepted the position at Colorado that's going to be even more uh, fuel to the fire for somebody who's maybe mm -hmm. unhappy at, a, at another school and is like, hey, I could go to Dion and I could be at the power five level. You're no longer going to Jackson State where it's a step below your, your normal competition. Um, it's going to be mayhem. I'm very excited, even though it might not sound like it. I'm very excited for tomorrow morning just because there's going to be a ton of names in the portal. Like Matt just mentioned at the top or uh, probably at the top of the show. I don't even remember now. One of Alabama's <laughs> starting tackles just went to the portal. Like you don't see that. It's a starting tackle from Alabama. He's going to have every every school in the country calling. Um, DJ Uyunglele entered the portal uh, earlier today. Um, that's something that like would be unheard of you know, three, four years ago of a high-profile player at a high-profile school like Clemson. Uh, and in the transfer portal, it's going to be fun. It's going to be chaotic. And to both you guys, to both your points, um, outside of Dante Thornton, who only came, became a contributor the last four games of the season and had nearly half of his yards in one game against Utah, um, none of these guys were big contributors on either side of the ball. And, again, there's still plenty of time for somebody, the 45-day window for somebody who is a big-time contributor to leave. But I think this is a good sign because usually if you are a big-time contributor, you want to get your name out there as early as possible. So every school in the country sees it. You're not just one of the 7,000 kids who joined the portal. You know, you're, you're the biggest news of that day. You're the biggest news of November 29th or December 2nd. Um, that's what these guys like the DJ and the Alabama uh, tackle have done the last couple of days. Those are the big-name guys. Um, so I think it bodes well for Oregon in the long run that none of these guys have entered the portal. And I think their philosophy when it comes to getting portal additions is going to benefit them as well. And just to, just a subtle reminder, this is, you know, this past season at Oregon, these, you know, 90% of the kids on the team weren't good Lord, weren't a Dan Lanning addition. This was a Mario Cristobal built team. Yeah. He's now has, depending on how many people transfer, he now has X amount of positions for to, to go after and get his own guys, him and Tosh Lupoy and whoever is the offensive coordinator. Um, I think it's going to be fun. I think just like Eric said earlier, you know, you look back in August to September, whatever the case, you're going to look at these, the transfer portal and say, yeah, this was a good idea. Unofficial count. Um, we'll double check this again later tonight, um, but unofficial count scholarship players as of right now, 6.58 p.m. Sunday night, December 4th, 74 out of 85 for the Oregon Ducks. That counts everybody, even those that are hurt. <coughs> Excuse me. That number will continue probably to drop here in a couple days as they get ready for the bowl game. That's kind of the biggest question now is ahead of the bowl is just 
you know, how many scholarship players will they have available? We don't know that answer yet. Um, it'll dwindle a little bit. They'll be adding some players to the portal. Obviously, they won't play in the game. Um, but that's going to be the hot stove uh, that we'll be tracking here for the next 45 days, plus, you know, high school and Chuka recruiting as well. But when we take – let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's dive into the OC search because there's a lot to unpack there as well from Dan. I think it deserves its own standalone section here. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to the Austin Audible's podcast. Uh, OC Search, Kenny Dillingham, off to ASU. Um, Dan never actually a- answered my question about would he come back to coach in the bowl game, um, but made it very clear he was not. Um, there, Dillingham will not be here. He will be running ASU's program moving forward. He's no longer an Oregon Duck. Um, mentioned that Drew Maringer, Carlos Lachlan – Adrian Clem um, and Jordan Somerville and Junior Adams collectively are going to work together on the offensive side of the football. Uh, If you're uncertain who Jordan Somerville is, uh, he is an analyst that worked at Oregon this season. Um, He came from New Mexico. He was a position coach at that school previously and took an analyst role to work under Kenny Dillingham. He worked exclusively all year at quarterback he will be serving as a quarterback's coach. Uh, OC for the bowl game, we really didn't get an idea yet. And I, I Well, he did, kind of. Kind yeah, of? Yeah, he mentioned uh, Junior Adams and Drew Maringer. Seemed like they were going to be putting their brains together and calling this next game. <laughs> so I, is it Junior Maringer? Junior, yeah, Junior Maringer is going to be calling this <laughs> Drew game. Adams. Drew Adams. Drew Adams and Junior Maringer. <laughs> Drew Adams is a, I like I Drew. I don't know. They're both good options. So go ahead, Eric. Oh, I, I was just going to play off of which name we, we, we should use for our combined co- – for the co-offensive coordinators. Um, way it, it – you know, it was kind of interesting the way he discussed the internal candidates in this OC search in the long term. I don't know. Like, it kind of seemed like maybe they're giving more thought to promoting somebody than I expected. But then he also didn't – he didn't even pick one of the two guys to officially call plays in the bowl game. So like I don't know I just found that to be sort of interesting. Um, there's 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 a lot of more things more things that were pretty interesting that that Dan had to say about the OC search. But I did find it interesting that he he almost I don't want to say he overlooked external candidates because that certainly wasn't the case. Talked about there being some really exciting people outside the program that were being considered. But he but he also made the point of 
and maybe just to appease these guys who are currently on staff and who who are obviously interested in this job, and, and, and maybe that's why he chose to, to to at least highlight the fact that there are internal candidates of interest. With clearly, I think Adams and Maringer would be the two that would make sense with their histories having called plays at other schools before. Um, so kind of interesting though that they haven't landed on which guy will officially do it, and if the, this goes all the way through, like is this going to be a uh, who, who are the two coaches for the Patriots that opening the season were co-offensive oh coordinating? Is it like Matt Patricia? Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. Don't don't get me started on those two. Okay, so clearly that doesn't work, uh, no. according to Jared. So the co-OC thing, kick it off the books, Dan. Pick one. Um, I just thought that was kind of interesting. So, yeah, we, do, we don't have full clarity on play, who the play caller is, but it appears that there are two people that will be primarily calling the plays and will be calling the plays. Um, using basically the offense that is in place, like, so like not like either of them are coming are, are going to be elevated and then just completely rewriting kind of the, the the game plan and the offense and installing a bunch of crazy stuff. He made it clear, like for for this bowl game, it is going to be kind of a continuation of what we saw with Kenny previously. The nice thing is, is that Bo Nix, now that he's playing, has such a great understanding of this offense that. You know, he might just be the guy who's calling the the shots regardless. He might just be audibling or, or setting into the next play. And I think that's a huge asset for this situation for Oregon, at least as an offense. Um, I kind of took the, the Dan's comments on the offensive coordinator and the, the internal. I, th- I took it the other way. I just thought that that was just like he was basically reading from a script. It's like, yeah, these 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 guys are great. Right. Um, they're, they're the guys that we hired to do other positions, and I don't want to – make them upset, but we're probably going to go external, which is what I hope happens. Um, both Maringer and Adams have had prior offensive coordinator experience, most notably Junior Adams, very successful offensive coordinating season at Washington last season. Um, yep, very good. But, I, you know, I think Oregon's offense is going to be you know just fine for this bowl game. I think now that they have Knicks and you don't have to worry about Bucky Irving and Noah Winnington running the dual Wildcat or Ty Thompson playing a full game, um, I think it'll be just fine. I think, both, again, both Adams and Maringer, I don't want to disparage them with my junior Adams comment about his Washington season last season. But, you know, th- those guys are both knowledgeable. They're both good coaches. Um, I think offense-wise, offense, offense it'll be just fine. I think I was more interested with with how Lanning ad- addressed the offensive coordinator position hunt that's going. Um, didn't really give a good answer on, on when it's going to happen. He oh. said sometime between now and when it happens. So that is your timeline, listeners. Um, now and when it happens, so could be. I know, think. Uh, I think he's going to deliver on that promise. I think it will be in that timeline. I feel pretty confident. I, I do too. I'm I'm very confident in Dan and his ability to deliver on something that has an eternal, long <laughs> lifespan. Um, but overall, uh, he he kind of kind of danced around like some of the characteristics on on what he was looking for. Um, I think that the best thing he said was that a it sounds like they have an unlimited amount of resources to go get somebody who they truly believe deserves it and that's kind of what he said and then doesn't matter where the guy coached beforehand where he is now um, as long as he feels that he's fit for the position that's someone that they want to bring on to the staff so again i, I have some confidence here in dan and, and trying to figure out what this what this offensive coordinator is going to look like oh you're muted, Matt, you're on mute there we go. Um, he was not on our hot board, but we do know Joe Brady smoke was all around the last, I don't know, 24, 48 hours. 
Um, Bruce Feldman tweeted out this morning that that was not happening. Um, I think he even like, got a quote from Brady. I think I think it was if I, if I remember correctly. It, and then the quote, tonight, the quote Matt was exactly what you said. Not happening. That's the exact quote. <laughs> it was. Uh, and then tonight, Dan was asked about just what, how does he manage a fan base that has expectations with, he, he was never specifically mentioned, but it was clearly he was talking about Joe Brady uh, being linked to this job and then not happening, being the quote that happened, that came from, from Joe Brady about it. And I thought he gave a really good answer that was like a definite flex by landing where it was, look, there was, he doesn't care about those people that, that are going to be disappointed in a potential hire. And then he also said that there were people that were disappointed last year with some of the hires that they made. And I think you could instantly go to Carlos Lachlan, you know, when he was hired, everyone was kind of like, wait, what? Like, who is this guy? He's never really coached before. And then landing tonight said, go look at, you know, who were people were, disappointed in or uncertain of last cycle when he made coaching hires. And then he pointed out, worked out pretty damn well uh, for Oregon staff. He only cares, doesn't care what logo they wear, what team they coach, what league they're in. Uh, He said, they'll know it's a good coach. Players will know it's a good coach. And that's basically all that really matters. I, I thought that was a really good answer to maybe temper some disappointment that Joe Brady isn't coming when he was never coming here in the first place. Well, Matt, you were linked to the reason he was coming because you follow him on Twitter. Did you see that? I saw several people recognizing that point was part of the reason they thought Joe Joe Brady was coming here because of your Twitter follow. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I did not realize a follow on Twitter moved that much. It does. Well, that's, that goes back to Kevin Wade's, what was it? Follow the follows. Wasn't that his, that was his, uh, his catchphrase basically. I was just following the follows, the follows. (laughs) We're just out here following anybody. Apparently don't, don't look. He wasn't on our hot board. I'll tell you that. Like he wasn't on our hot board. I I didn't think it was going to happen. And then all of a sudden the smoke started coming out with, and it's like, well, maybe I should follow him just in case something does happen. Yeah. No, it, it, Maybe I'll, go, I'll, I'll go follow Nick Saban next. Yeah, go follow Nick, Nick Saban next to Oregon offensive coordinator because <laughs> you got to follow the follows. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people could be the new offensive coordinator, but I think 3,000 people Matt follows are all are likely candidates. That's the candidates pool. Um, <laughs> that includes no, you and I, Eric. Yeah, I know. I was just going to say, I, I know I won't be Who taking the job. Who wants the job? job. Uh, I, yeah. I don't. I'll, be, I'll, I'll take it. Okay. Jared will take yeah, it. All right. I'll, I'll, take I'll, it. Uh, I'll let you have it. And then I can be very critical of your work from uh, this podcast. Uh, That's good. I'll be getting paid a lot. So I'll take the criticism. <laughs> getting paid <laughs> a little bit of a pay, a pay increase for uh, for any of us if we got that job. <laughs> no, uh, no and, but not to get, I, I think the thing, I think there is clearly a, 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 little, a level of urgency to get a hire made, right? Like I think we talked about on our our podcast, I want to say it was maybe Monday of this week about how it was important to get it kind of done within a week, 10 days to get yourself set up before signing day. And I'm not saying that they won't, this could be done tomorrow, but Dan certainly didn't tip his hand and certainly didn't indicate like a hire is imminent. It's happening right now. Like that wasn't anything that was said. And as Jared did say, uh, Dan delivered kind of a, a winning retort to my question asking about like, what is an appropriate expectation for a timeline, which is basically don't have one. Um, it'll happen when it when it happens, and I think that's totally understandable. I also share confidence that this will be a, a positive hire. I don't have a whole lot else to say because I think Dan really said tonight tips 
the hand one way or the other. They're considering internal candidates. There's a lot of external candidates. They're going to, uh, you know, find the best person for this job. And uh, kind of the update is there's not a significant update is, is sort of where I'm at in terms of the actual this is about to happen and it's X. Yeah, I, I don't think any of us expected him to be like, hey, guys, this, this guy, this dude. Here, here is, here's sitting, his... sitting next to him in the room, too. Hey, yeah, yeah. So you see next to me, Mr. Joe Brady. <laughs> I, I don't think any of us expected that, but it, it did come across my brain that he might just announce it right then and there, which would have been pandemonium. But <laughs> well, it would have been um, terrible. <laughs> yeah, it would have been awful. But yeah, it, it'll happen. It's going to happen eventually. Um, he kind of danced around the question of, um, if, I think, Matt, I think it was yours where you asked, uh, like before the transporter, like and getting this guy in into the into the room, um, kind of danced around that as well. But again, like we said on Monday, um, I think again it's really imperative that he at least had somebody that you know he he felt good about Oregon's potential of landing him as he visited Dante Moore and as they head into the transfer portal season. Um, I think it's already a little longer than I expected. I expected them to hire somebody this week. Um, but I think it'll come maybe in the upcoming days, uh, at least between uh, now and when it happens. That's for sure. Uh, we'll wrap it up there. Um, Oregon practiced last week. They had a practice. Dan Lanning said uh, they'll have a couple practices this week. Bull prep will really start right around Christmas time. Um, they're going through finals right now. So our Actual discussion of this bowl game against the North Carolina Tar Heels. We'll we'll start trickling in here and there on the podcast, but you know a, a real deep dive. Like it, it's just unfair to ask Dan a bunch of questions about him right now because he, he's out recruiting. He's making an in-home visit. He said later tonight. I think uh, it, it, there's a lot to do, and they just haven't had time. You know, and we want to be able to provide more context than, oh, we respect the program, respect what they do. Uh, we know they're going to play, play us tough type jargon that we get from coaches all the time. So, And Matt, plus, if we were to ask like four questions on Sam Howell, I think people on this podcast and Oregon fans would be livid us for being like, yeah, we asked about Sam Howell rather than if Bo Nix is playing in a bowl game. Like, the, the, I'd be livid if you asked about Sam Howell, too. He was on my list, but he was number eight on my list of questions to get around to. So well, I, I didn't get that. Should have asked about Drake May. I think that would have been a better oh. option. <laughs> yes, you're Sam sure. Howell is no longer I'm, the quarterback at North Carolina. No, that would have been. A I, I would have been upset about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Drew, uh, Drake May, brother of uh, Luke May, former Big time Luke North Carolina Hooper. Uh, so yeah, it'll be the Ducks against the Tar Heels. We'll have more of that later on down the road. All, all three of us will be there. Uh, I think Eric and I are going to spend Christmas together. So, what do you want for Christmas? Uh, give me your list Ooh. before we before we uh, go, so I can I can bring it for you. Um, uh, I, I am low on boxer briefs, Matt. So, <laughs> you know you that go. that and maybe a pair of socks. Uh, I'll take a steak I dinner. I mean, we, we salt, are going to be salt to the earth. Salt to the earth. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, when did you become the ultimate dad? I mean, that's like the dad list right there. Just give me. Why well, didn't you? I didn't think you were going to buy me whiskey. You're going to buy me yeah. an Xbox, so I didn't. I didn't think I was going to ask for ask for something that's attainable, and you might actually get it. I don't know. <laughs> All right, uh, that's going to do it for us here on the Austin. Oh, Jared, send me yours too. I know you're not going to be there for Christmas, but send me yours too. It'd be wrong. For All right, you. we could do that. <laughs> All right. 
I'm not buying either of you anything. (laughs) Fine. See how it is, Eric. Yeah, you're just in the spirit here. What an asshole. All right. (laughs) This has gone off the rails. We're going to get off. Uh, Transfer Portal will be back uh, tomorrow. It goes live. Monday night, we'll do another podcast discussing all that's come from the first day of Transfer Portal. But until then, you've been listening to the Austin Audible's podcast. Talk to you later, folks. Peace. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Gather your besties. We are very exclusive. And get ready. Mom, go make snacks. For sure, Regina. For the movie that hits like a bus in a good way. No one died. Mean Girls. Made it PG 13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.